So there's the individual side, which is quality of life. And on the corporate side, we're talking big numbers. You know, when we talk about turnover, it's a very expensive problem for a company. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. My name is Rick Nusky. I'm your host, and I have just the most wonderful guest lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about employee retention. I'm going to be doing that with the wonderful Manal Yoshi Yaxley. Welcome to the show, Manal. Hi, good morning. How are you, Rick? Oh, look, I've got two feet and a heartbeat. I can't complain too much. Now, uh, we're going to be talking, as uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, about your work as CEO and founder of a company called Open Elevator. We're going to be talking about how your technology solves the employee turnover problem and saves companies thousands of dollars annually. But before we do any of that, it's customary for, I guess, for the sake of context, um, to learn a little bit more about you. So let's start off with the obvious. Where are you calling in from today? So, um, shall I warn you, uh, you know, uh, I don't have any straightforward answers, but actually this morning, well, I say morning, it's uh, afternoon for you. Yes. Um, it's, uh, I'm calling you from uh, Zurich, Switzerland, but oh. my business is actually based out of uh, New York. Yes, I noticed that, and that's interesting. I'd love to talk about where you live. That must be absolutely gorgeous. It, it really is. I mean, actually... Um, I once watched a documentary where the commentator was saying how humans are designed by nature to uh, to love our own landscape on Earth. And, you know, really, it is something beautiful and striking to be here. You know, the mountains, the lakes. Yeah, I, I see these, you know, I, when I think of Switzerland, I think of obviously the flags, a very standout one. You know, the Swiss Army nice, you think about that as well. But I do think about those incredible mountain drops behind wherever you are. They seem to be prominent. Is that is that the case? Yes, it, it actually is. Um, um, uh, you know, uh, the, whether, whether like I, as I mentioned, I'm in Zurich, but I think if you're in Geneva, Lucerne, and even some of the less known uh, locations, it's it is spectacular mm. having the mountains and the uh, lake. And I think, especially when I see tourists here, I feel uh, like <laughs> oh, I hope they're here on a good weather day that they actually can see the blue water against the uh, the um, enormous uh, mountains surrounding the areas. So tell us a little bit about your lifestyle. Do they have a very different lifestyle there compared to the States? What do you do in particular? Yeah, so, I mean, specifically, you know, I said, oh, I don't have any straightforward answers. But, <laughs> um, uh, so actually, I, well, I've talked very um, positively about Switzerland. I must say, I can really go on about a lot of other places. So um, as you um, I don't know if, if it's obvious for you, but for some reason, I think it's always obvious for people that I'm Indian by heritage. And actually, I was uh, not so obvious, but born in um, Africa, mm -hmm. uh, in Zambia, actually. And uh, I grew up in the States, which, of course, my accent always go gives away. And uh, <laughs> so I think, you know, wherever you live, a lot of life is made up of, um, you know, meeting friends and family, um, doing all the normal things that we all do. So I think that's the richness of life, right? All the 
um, connections that we have. Well, tell me a little bit about that, uh, I guess, the cultural diversity that you've had in your life and how that's impacted the woman that you've become today. Does that does that shine through, do you think? Well, yes, actually, I, uh, I'm going to like take it in a different direction. But I think not only have I had a diverse um, background as far as, you know, geography, I actually am not only from education, so I actually have a chemistry degree, I have an MBA, but also in the places that I've worked. So I've, uh, I've done, you know, wet chemistry, uh, working in a pharma company, you know, in the lab, to working for a tech company, uh, uh, managing a large product line, uh, multi-million dollar uh, equipment for semiconductor industry. And then I've worked in financial services, actually doing investor relations, talking to investors about the, the specific companies. Um, um, so um, I think not only from a, a geography perspective, but I think my whole life is colored by a lot of diverse experiences. And I think that really adds to how I think I can connect with nearly anybody, you know? Yes, like, absolutely. Oh, we're probably related somehow if you're from there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I'd love to learn a little bit about the things that you enjoy doing in your pastime. Do you get much time to, I guess, relax and do things for yourself? Hi. Yes. Uh, so in my um, in my private time, in my downtime, uh, yes, I uh, I have a 14 year old son and oh. a lovely husband. Yeah. So I think the thing that we do in common, I think, is a uh, uh, go for longer hikes. Um, so I think that's like the the nice thing we do together. Uh, of course, being of different, uh, you know, from a teenage boy, uh, the things he likes to do and the things like, you know, gaming, we don't have that much in common. But... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always hard to... Uh, hard to know sometimes what they're talking about, isn't it? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, do you enjoy cuisine? Do you enjoy getting out with your husband and eating? I do. Oh, my goodness, yes. And, I mean, how lucky are we, right? Like the concept of fusion cooking from all the lovely things we get to have and try. Um, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, okay, I have to say um, shout out to my mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's I funny. Know. I always think about my mom when I think cooking, cause I certainly am not a cook. Are you a cook? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, you I enjoy it? I love to try things. I love to be creative. I love to, actually, you know, uh, my husband says I'm a MacGyver in the kitchen, you know, like, Oh, one eggplant, a toothpick and some feta cheese. Okay. <laughs> We'll try that. If it doesn't work this time around, we probably won't do that again. Now, I, I'm a lover of pets. Do you have any pets? Oh, no, I don't. Oh. Um, yeah. No, I mean, our neighbor's cat loves to hang out on our, on our balcony. <laughs> that's, that's about all. Now, we've talked about mum. So uh, it leads me to my, my next question. When you're growing up, do you have a fond memory that you could share with us? I always like to think about those types of early years in our formative years and things that we remember fondly. Oh, you know, um, yeah, it's it's going to sound very silly, actually, when you say that, because actually, you know, I don't have something off the cuff. Uh, no, no. But it kind of came to my mind uh, when we were in Zambia. So, um I did. Uh, I I've been in the. I've been in, uh, living in the U.S. since I was uh, almost eleven years 
old. Yeah, but yeah. I have, uh, when I think, when you think about formative years, to me, I think about when I was even younger than that. So being in Zambia, and uh, you know, we would uh, pile in. Uh, my dad would take us for ice cream on weekends. But that's a very nice uh, memory I have. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing. I, you know, I love this sort of call. Now, uh, are you an early riser? I'm certainly not an early riser. Tell us about your day. What's a day look like for you? Um, yeah, okay. So, I mean, it's all relatively speaking. You know, we, we have friends who, when we go on vacation with them, we meet them at breakfast when they're done. But um, uh, I am a bit of an early riser. Actually, when I was uh, working, um, you know, now we all kind of roll out of bed post-COVID and are already in our home office. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, since the, the commute, but uh, I think there was a time where I used to get up easily before, you know, like uh, before five, do a workout, uh, get ready, then get my son out the door, get myself out the door. And now I think, how is that happening? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and, and that's quite relevant that we that we have just touched on that need to travel to work, because I think there's a bit of a change in the wings. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about the reasons behind all of these things. Now, but before we do that, we have a lot of startup entrepreneurs who have not walked a path yet they're looking to start out as a business owner and they don't know what they're doing they're as green as the grass is long so with that being in mind what would you what would you say the one thing that um brand new business owners should be aware of and try to make a normal part of their day as they go about starting their own business um well so many things actually i mean you know it's uh it's a uh, definitely a challenging road um mm. And uh, frequently you hit a, a wall, well, I do anyway, you know, which is to say, okay, this is all, you know, here's all your experiences that you have from the past. Here's all the know-how you have. And now you're confronted with something that's completely new. And I think there's two things, you know, being uh, resourceful, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's um, Google, thank God for Google, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to uh, talking to different people, you know, depending on what the issue is, and also being um, kind of um, resilient, right? Which is like, uh, you don't know this now, but you will in the future. You've learned other things. So this is also just another thing that you have to take on. Yep. Take on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know that very well. Yeah, right? absolutely. So. Yeah, no, there's always a challenge around the next corner. I'm wondering, um, given that, um, I guess, uh, young entrepreneurs have a tendency to burn the candle at both ends, how important is it for you to get a, an appropriate amount of rest and step away from the business occasionally? Oh, it is important. However, I think I'm not the best at it because it really depends on what's going on. You know, the, the maybe that was the other secret thing yes, that you yep. know about, which is that when you have enough passion for your business, it doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m. So like, for example, this morning, I really was literally up at 3 a.m. because actually here it's only for something, 4.45. So, um, you know, I think for the, for the business, actually, I do a lot of things that mm-hmm. if, if, if there wasn't the passion, um, I imagine I wouldn't do it. You know, do I, it I, guess. As much. I just stopped to think about, you know, I've come home um, on vacation and realized something needed to be tested. And I was, you know, not unpacking. I wasn't thinking what we were going to have for dinner. I was, you know. <laughs> go, go, go. 
headquarters. You've done that. I'm sure you've done that, right? Because it's, there's this, maybe the word passion is even not correct. There's just this commitment, right? Absolutely. It's that burning fire that never seems to get quenched, no matter what we do with it. It's always there, isn't it? It is. And I think that's kind of lucky, actually, right? Because we mm. would have, don't you think so? Because there are so many challenges. There are, it's just endless, actually. So tell us a little bit, I guess, um, uh, about, I guess, your um, professional background leading up to this point in time, because I think it's important because sometimes people find it difficult to go from, I guess, somewhat of a corporate history into the entrepreneurial space. What was that journey like? So a little bit about my own background. You know, I, I didn't um, I didn't grow up with this upbringing like, oh, what do I want to be when I grew up? Kind of like I never had a, a particular answer for that. Um, mm -hmm. so I was just kind of like um, going from one, I'll say fun thing to another. So even getting a chemistry degree, I was just good at physical chemistry. So the department <laughs> said, yeah, which is an odd thing to be good at actually. Not so, really. No, no, no. <laughs> we need more people like you. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, he was like, oh, you should really, you know, you should really think about doing this. And then. Um, you know, from there, I actually moved to, uh, to Silicon Valley, uh, quite a quite quite a story there. But um, so I was working for a financial, uh, sorry, I was working for a semiconductor equipment company using my technology background, of course. Um, and I'm, as you've noticed, Rick, I'm very communicative. So it's <laughs> just like I have like this weird combination of which serves me very well, which is I'm uh, highly analytical and yet very communicative. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, having done that, I've always had this, um, these opportunities kept opening up. Um, and it was just, uh, that's how my career evolved things. It, it, it's kind of like you are walking through a forest and you, you naturally come upon, uh, forks in the road and you say, oh, look, there's the sea. I now walk towards that. And then you walking further along and you think, oh, I want to go more into the, uh, you know, into this um, uh, lush forest. And that sounds, that was really a wonderful journey that I kept having positive things coming up for me and challenges, right? I mean, um, for example, when I started doing investor relations uh, for Julius Baer, it was just strange that they asked me can you do this for a few weeks because yes. they would have this major acquisition and uh, no one in their right mind would have asked someone who had no knowledge of this business and yet it just opportunities kept coming my way and then um i think i've told you this that um basically we had uh, uh the financial crisis at the same time i had my son and mm -hmm. uh, i was uh, in the hospital having my son when lehman collapsed um, so it really stands out in my mind. I'm sure it stands out in a lot of people's minds. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, right. Um, and uh, when I came back to work, I um, felt very fortunate that I could decide that I wanted to work part time because I wanted to spend time with this child that I had had and whatnot. But the environment changed tremendously. And something that um, maybe as a white man, <laughs> I hope you can laugh. Um, um, I'm not too um, sensitive like that. <laughs> okay, you know what? I have to tell you a secret. 
So yeah, I do that. study this and everyone knows this about me. So <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not such a good secret. Um, I think I'm funny, you know. Um, I have been going on saying, you know, I see comedians have been um, getting slapped because I would think that would be my next career move and people want to slap me anyway. So I think that, would, <laughs> that is the only deterrent, you know. I'm, 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 <laughs> so. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Go ahead. <laughs> so um, anyway, I think, you know, after I had my son, I think it's not that long ago that we're talking about, you know, as I said, he's 14 years old. You remember Lehman's financial crisis, but it was a different environment being a woman, um, being, you know, partly uh, working with the investor community, of course, in English, but living here as well mm. in the journey part you know it was like I had to become kind of too niche and blah 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 and you know to be honest these are all excuses um for some reason it, when I went back I don't have a clear answer but it was not the same anymore yeah and I had I mean the way I talk about my career pre uh all of that right pre having a child or pre uh Lehman's and the financial crisis it was a uh, an adventure and then it was not at all. And I was very unhappy at um, a large corporate that I worked with. Uh, um, and it's funny, of course, you can uh, look at my LinkedIn profile and know what firm I'm talking about, but there's yes, this uh, yes. uh, saying uh, that actually comes from Bambi, the movie. Um, <laughs> where am I taking you today, right? In this conversation. <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> doing communication for a living so now it's like very in the middle of nowhere <laughs> hear me Rick. you know there's a phrase that says um that if you have nothing nice to say don't say anything don't say at anything all. at all yep yeah so i you know i worked for i had in the past worked for companies um, that were about three to six thousand employee size and suddenly yep. i was uh, 60,000 plus employee organization, you know, I was in these calls, um, even to talk about a presentation, there'd be 30 people on a call, if not more, you know, constructing, like defining, oh, should we say we have the results are strong or are or meaningful or, you know, like really living uh, things and just feeling like, oh my goodness, if I wasn't on this call and, you know, um, you know, I just felt like my my job had zero meaning. I thought, wow, they pay me a it lot. Wasn't, it wasn't coming from a place of authenticity. Yeah, it was, exactly. It, or it uh, it felt meaningless. And in mm. the past, I never felt that. And what I found shocking, actually, was the number of colleagues who were also hating this organization, hating their jobs, and, uh, you know, it wasn't something unique to this organization. And so this whole strange world opened up to me, which I had never related to before. Mm. And it was like, uh, on one hand, I was really selfishly just trying to figure out what the red thread was, because as I, that had made me satisfied or happy or feel like I was on an adventure before so I have had to really get quiet and say what was you know what what did I do at the second semiconductor equipment company what did I do at uh, the financial services company what did I do that was working for me and now what's so different and in trying to 
understand because I really wanted to figure out, well, what do I need to, what is the next step I need to take so that I'm not feeling like this? And you were, you've been, I mean, I, you know, I was watching that video of yours that where you say, you know, you were going in to work day in and day out trying to figure out, is this it? And, mm-hmm. uh, right. And you know how, um, I, I think the word soul crushing, that phrase really. I was hollow. Yeah. You know, for me, it was hollow. I don't know if that's the right word for you. Yes, exactly. And it sounds so dramatic because, you know, you, we are in first world countries. Someone is paying you. What do you want? You know, what are you whinging I mean, about? Yes. Yes. Right? Good money, too. Great money. Yeah. Like grow up, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I hear you. You know, feel sorry for me. Why do they yeah. pay me? But I don't. I don't <laughs> I don't know. It just, it sounds like it's one of these things where if someone says, well, there's uh, people in that country, the people in the part of the world that are hungry um, and starving. And you think, you know, I mean, classic parents saying that to say, you better finish your food. And you have to say, well, if you're hungry, knowing someone else is starving in another part of the world doesn't actually change the fact that you're still feeling hunger. And even though it does sound like a big first world problem to say I was really upset. Uh, mm. that it was just not working and I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. But I was more upset to realize the people around me thought it was normal. And I jokingly say, you know, it's like if you had a functional relationship and then you think everyone else seems to think being married to um, an alcoholic that... Uh, uh, that, that abuses you is normal. Um, I just couldn't relate to how they also thought this was normal, but especially the ones who had grown up in this environment and similar environments. Anyway, it took me to this whole world of employee engagement, which is such a phrase that gets thrown around, but I think it's one of these things where if you haven't heard it, it's not in your... Um, Vernacular. Right? And so, I mean, you said you had this HR background, so you know... I mean, employee engagement is just such a buzzword. I'm very, I'm very, very familiar with the buzzwords. <laughs> yeah, and but uh, the the thing is, you know, it doesn't serve either side because I mean, there's a lot of manager bashing out there, and um, I'm not into that at all. Mm. Um, I think what it comes down to is it's a two uh, two way. It's a relationship, actually, you know, which is. Uh, if I work with you and you're hating working with me, don't be surprised if I'm also hating working with you. You know, that's... Yeah, it's a reciprocal thing, isn't it? Yes, it really, really is so much. So what I did was I just, um, you know, I said I have this chemistry degree and this uh, MBA focused on finance. So um, I was an analyst for a short part of my career. So I'm very, I find it very normal to... um, actually as much as I talk um get we're very quiet and dig deep into a topic so I just started pulling on that thread to say well why is that what is that coming from what what is it and it really brought me to really interesting topics um I don't know you know for example Maslow's you know which is fundamental exactly you know and what our what our our needs are right um Mm -hmm. all sounds it sounds a very theoretical, but it shows up in our lives quite a lot, you know? Um, so the need for safety and security and the need for uh, growth, the need for connection, the need for contribution, these are real, real things um, that 
um, that, that confront a person as they walk through their life. And as I started to say, well, what would be, what are the things that fulfill a person? And then, um, you know, the, there's like the, the individual side, and then there's the corporate side, which go hand in hand, which is what's good for the employee and this, you know, this, this engagement and engagement that I'm talking about, it actually is very relevant for companies. So globally, um, um, only 15% of the world's global population is engaged. So what is the other 85% doing? What are they right? doing? Right? And, you know, it kind of, I mean, these are all averages, but we all can relate to this, that once you are unhappy with a, 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 your at work, it takes about six months to find the other another job. That means your current employer is paying for a disengaged uh, employee who's just coming in and uh, you know phoning it in. Uh, what does that mean for the bottom line of a corporation? You know, and how can employers um, hire better, um, get the right person on the bus, uh, uh, and um, uh, so that people are rowing in the right direction and that. You know, there is productivity. So there's the individual side, which is, you know, quality of life. It's all about well-being. And uh, on the corporate side, we're talking big numbers. You know, when we talk about turnover, that is very, it's a very expensive problem for a company. We have a lot of business owners who listen into the show that'd be very interested. The ears would be pricking up per se um, to hear you talking about this because it is a big problem. So in terms of, you know, you've talked millions of dollars, you've talked personal and professional, you've talked business. I wonder what are the early signs and how is it that your business Open Elevator actually helps businesses identify the flags, I guess the warnings? Mm -hmm. So we have, um actually an algorithm that is um, a five minute survey that we take and what we do is we what we do differently is that the survey is not only uh, fast um, and accurate it is a two-sided assessment so you know um, think about uh, I don't know uh, how familiar you are with like the dating world but uh, the eHarmony are you familiar mm -hmm. with yeah, I'm so, familiar with those shots. Right. So what uh, an eHarmony does versus um, like a Tinder or being at a bar is that they are actually assessing both sides. So instead of saying, well, marriages fall apart because of men or, you know, work doesn't work. Uh, work uh, is dysfunctional because there's bad managers. What we do is we do an assessment from both sides and then we just have um, uh, uh, we give you a report that says how well is this manager and this individual likely to work well together. And it's a very, um, um, the numbers are actually very clear. Like I, I uh, once um, I would do an assessment, for example, for you and your team, I can read your team so well that you would be like, have you You've been uh, sitting in on our meetings. Have you been with us for a year? You know? <laughs> what are so you doing as a fly on the wall? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the funny part is the questions are not intrusive at all. You know, they're just saying you telling about yourself. But what we can see in the data very boldly, very clearly is to say, how well do these two people naturally work together? And I'll say this differently. Uh, 
two ways. Um, speaking of eHarmony, uh, you know, that I brought up. Yeah, yeah, um, yep. So I don't know why they don't use this more in their advertising, but um, the normal divorce rate um, in the U.S., in Europe, um, I think where you are as well, is about uh, 50%. And eHarmony um, divorce rate is less than 4%. So the, the thing is, is, you know, it's just amazing to say there are ways we all think we're, you know, um, like this is a part of uh, that was very surprising to me because, as I said, I have this chemistry and finance, but the fact that you can model personalities and figure out who actually naturally works well together is something so easily done. And I'm, I'm just completely stunned that we don't utilize this more because it's to the benefit of both people involved, all people involved. And, you know, when I do this assessment with uh, teams that are sitting in global locations, you know, I've had managers say, oh, well, those two, they both are sitting in Poland. So I just thought that they, you know, they must be working well together. And, you know, I do these uh, conference calls and everybody looks like they're that everything's fine and uh, now i see why things aren't moving forward and things aren't getting done uh. because you know even when it comes to your best friend so with your best friend you might have a lot of experiences as far as you know you might have done things uh, sports and um um i don't know gone through different part um different times in your life but working with somebody is a very different relationship and, you know, it's uh, it's about having this trust that the other person's going to deliver in line with what you have in mind. In addition, how does it look, um, how does it reflect on you when that person does or does not deliver? Um, how well, um, how smooth is the communication? It's all of these things that it's very hard to change another person to come over to do things your way, you know? Absolutely. You know, there is just so much to unpack here. And I know this is a very complicated, uh, um, I guess, um, set of algorithms in the background that are making this seem simple. I love the, the example that you've just given through eHarmony. And it gives me hope, knowing full well that if they can, proven through data-driven information, change the outcome and reduce that divorce rate just as you can in, uh, reduce or let's call it improve the retention rate of employees that's transforma that's transformative for businesses what sort of experiences are you seeing in your business so far um well the let's say the challenging part is you know it um I think it's difficult for people to say, wow, you're going to do an assessment also also on me. What are you going to know? And I think, well, we're not going to know anything dangerous. We're just going to know who you work well with in your team and who mm -hmm. actual fit. You know, it's not something you even relevant know. relevant stuff. So it, yes, exactly. You know, it's not, I'm not going to find out, wow, you do this, uh, <laughs> you know, anything <laughs> uh, wild in your free time or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. It's just about this uh collaboration you know that we can come we can know the other thing that we are able to say is um is the organization and the individual aligned as far as the values so you know on one side i said we give you the data on who who works well together so we did this assessment where we know each individual how well they work with another individual just what what is a natural collaboration look, look, 
uh, looks like. Look like. And that yeah. is, you know, every organization, you know, they, especially bigger ones, try to deliver everything. You know, they say, oh, we're going to try to give you growth and we're going to try to give you um, connection. We're trying to give you, you know, every meaningful work and whatnot. And, you know, that's a pretty difficult to deliver on all of the different uh, parameters. I mean, if, uh, if I have someone, you know, my, my accountant, his part of the job is not that exciting. I cannot keep giving him innovative things to do. No, there's only so much, <laughs> yeah. isn't there? Right? Um, yep. so what we do is we say, okay, um, we all have our personalities and we also have our values. So, um, uh, for example, you asked about, you know, uh, work-life balance. I mean, that's definitely, you know, part of what you value. And maybe there's different times in your life where you say, oh, I need more of that. You know, for example, when I said I took, uh, I started to work part-time when my son was first born because I wanted to have a bit more time. Um, yes, yes. With him, right. So it's like a different um, stages, you know, uh, for example, a lot of, it's a very, um, I'm exaggerating, but of course you can imagine that most kids who are now graduating from university, when they come to the workforce, they do want opportunity and their need for growth is very strong, right? They're not going to be the ones who say, wow, I'd like to work part-time probably, right? They're going to be <laughs> like, I'm ready to, you know, put gas into this thing and move forward in my career. So, yeah, yeah different you value different things and as an organization it's not possible to offer someone everything but if you're really missing a few things we can help you figure out what is it that you can do to retain employees who are big red flags uh with one foot out the door um what what can you do what are the tangible actions you know um i think uh, sometimes people would laugh at me and say well <laughs> well i know they just want to be get, get paid more and you know what you'd be surprised that's not the number Money's one. Money's not thing. everything. Is no. It? no. I heard there was a study that uh, once you exceed a certain threshold of income, it doesn't actually contribute to your to your satisfaction levels. Would that be true? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, here's the other thing, Rick. Let's say, like, in financial services, for example, you get your bonus uh, um, in the first quarter. Well, it's hard to remember that by... I don't know, summer and it's, uh, by, you know, in October, if you really hate your organization, actually yep. tiny bonus loses its shine pretty fast, pretty quickly. You know that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now I, uh, you know, we have just really, really just scratched the surface of such a deep and, and very important topic for businesses. Um, you know, and I think what I noticed also is that this really helps in times of market contraction as well. It's not only uh, harder to find great people, uh, it's another thing to be aware of what's going on with them and what they need and how their value sets are changing, all of the things we've talked about. Now, what type of businesses do you um, work with? Is this a global thing? And who would you like to, to see, have a look at Open Elevator? Um, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you know, it's hard to say, uh, I don't own like, yes, yes. We do everything, uh, everywhere. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I must say, um, most of our client base is actually focused in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. Partly because, as I said, I, the business um, is actually based out of New York. Uh, I go to the U.S. more. I've been, you know, I, I grew up in Georgia. My parents are in Atlanta. Um, I 
lived in uh, San Jose, California. Um, so mm -hmm. it's a, a more natural fit for the network I have and the people I know. And um, of course, but the, being in Europe, it's not that, you know, it, it, this is a global um, global problem. And yeah. uh, also when it comes to industry, so, you know, we've worked with, um, of course, financial services, again, because of my natural fit, but the technology, um, IT, you know, uh, 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 also um, um, uh, uh, healthcare, especially the, in this last couple of years with uh, COVID, Oh yeah, care workers were so on the edge, weren't they? Yeah, very overwhelmed. To say the least. Yes, exactly. And you know, just to have that churn, employers. I mean, they feel the pain of people coming in, and you kind of almost train them. You kind of got a schedule organized. You know, and I'm talking about healthcare workers with their, um, you know, hospitals or uh, in um, uh, uh, elderly homes and whatnot. You know, you need staff more or less around the clock and you feel uh, like yep. okay i've got that this quarter figured out and then you have someone leaving and uh, a lot of times what i see is also that you know the more people are leaving the more people are leaving in the organization you know yep. it's like yep. the ones who are left behind are like oh okay so i have to pick up the slack for that other person and this is just getting worse and you know so it's it is um what what we always do what we've always intended to do what we're gonna keep doing is we're gonna keep the whole you know uh the the science part of it yep um on the down low only because what we're trying to offer is that here's what you need to do here's uh you know we can give you a reason why but here's what you need to do here are the people who are looking to leave here's what you can do here's a good fit that's gonna work smoother you know so we just really try to um shine the light on the unknown and then all, all the companies. important uh, the risk i guess the risky areas of business that need attention that's very very apparent to me now um how do you meet a new client where they are in their business now what's the i guess the onboarding relationship forging component to open an elevator with a new client what's the uh, what's that process so um, it's uh, going on in two different ways. On one hand, there's uh, in the past, especially with the larger corporates, um, it's uh, usually a call with uh, a decision maker to say, okay, sign up, try it on a very small team. So, you know, and by small, I mean, we're still talking 10 to 20 people, but, you know, just do the assessment, invite, um, invite individuals that are working together, let us go do the, the 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 work in the background to say what this has the data revealed and then we deliver a report that says you know that answers what we call eight critical questions i mean it includes you know all the things that i've already mentioned which is where you know who are individuals at high risk of leaving why are they leaving what can you do and the what, what can you what can you do you know it's a what can you do for this individual but b what is the that whole team um, needing. And on the other hand, what are things that you have in place that are costing you money, but not giving you anything back? So um, for example, team building exercises, um, fancy coffee, you know, sushi on Friday, certain <laughs> things aren't changing anything, but they're still costing the organization money. So we try very much to say, okay, 
let's figure out, you know, what what moves the needle. Well, absolutely moves the needle. Exactly. So that's how it's working. Um, But uh, so, you know, I said with the large corporates, it's always a phone call. It's always just try it on a certain um, department. And for actually smaller organizations, they're just so um, much more agile. They're like, well, you know, they're, uh, they're like, well, I, you know, I can try that on 10, 10 people in my team. It's not a lot of money. Um, it's not going to hurt. Let's go for it. Okay. Yeah. So actually, this, this, uh, let's say the smaller the company, uh, the the more open-minded the mm-hmm. uh, team, actually tech companies especially, they're very open to say, let's just try it out. Let's see what we learn. Let's just try it out. Well, look, yeah. um, if anybody is on the call today and you're listening into this and you know that you have a, a churn issue, you'd be familiar with what I'm talking about with that vernacular and you want to have a look at Open Elevator, I'd love to know, I guess, where are they going to go? Where are they going to find you and learn more information? Um, yeah, it's um, openelevator.com. Mm-hmm. That's easy. I, I love an easy one. Now, um, with all that being said, tell me a little bit about where the name Open Elevator came from. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. You know, it kind of uh, fell out of the sky. On yeah. my head. I think also because uh, so much of the business has worked in that way. You know, there's been moments where it's, oh, okay, we've got this part figured out. Well, why, why does it work like this so i mean even when it comes to um you know my favorite part the the actual algorithm and the the yep, the, the, the science yeah the science behind it um it was it's so this i'm sorry rick this isn't going to impress you it doesn't impress anyone else but i have <laughs> to say once the algorithm was already you know we were already testing it on anyone and everyone that we could find you know friends and family <laughs> and 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 um and I, I read this statement from um, Gallup, who has, you know, decades of research. Uh, you know, Gallup is uh, doing sure. a lot of work on the site. And there was, they had this sentence that said, um, uh, employees are more engaged when their basic human needs are met. And I was like, wow, see, that's what we figured out. Now, we engineered it starting from blank paper and reading and whatnot but that's uh amazing and the terrible part is i feel like wow they know that or they write that but they still don't don't do anything with it yeah you know yeah look you know i'm very excited because i know we've come to the point manal where people are on this call who are decision makers those who are in hr in the hot seat as it were to make these decisions to reach out to people like yourself who are doing incredible things because of your knowledge um that is a real credit to you and uh if you are on this call today and i'm looking at you the listener the audience make sure you reach out to manal and her wonderful team at openelevator.com that link's going to be below this call no matter where you see the post you are certainly going to be able to reach out to the organization to see how you can improve your employee retention rates and you know what with all that being said Manal what a great call thank you so very much you are you are a leading light in this space keep up the great work and thank you for joining me on the show yeah thank you very much for your time Rick really I appreciate it very much thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed the call then make sure to subscribe leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. 
And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.